Welcome to the Confidence Lounge podcast, where we cover all things confidence in life and business. I'm your host, Elise Conroy, and I'm on a passionate mission to help thousands of women across the world feel more confident from the inside out, because not on my watch am I ever going to watch another woman do insecure life and business again. So if you're ready to become your most confident self, mama, or businesswoman, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So grab your favorite beverage, get nice and comfy, and get ready to receive today's confidence injection. Welcome back to the Confidence Lounge Podcast. All right, are you ready to elevate your emotional wealth? Because we are going to do that in the most powerful way. I am joined by a remarkable emotional wealth coach named Saren Eads. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and talking about like how we can create a million dollar result internally and just how we live our life. (laughs) Not in the money, but like in how we feel. It's going to be so good. Yes. Okay. So warning, you are in the presence of two high energy, optimistic women who are full of self-belief. So we are fast talkers. We are result creators. So if you listen to your podcast on a fast speed, you may want to slow this down because there are going to be so (laughs) many wisdom bombs, so many golden nuggets coming through today's conversation. Literally, I know the next, you know, the time that we are spending together, it has the potential to change the rest of your life. So I want you all to take notes. I want you to really sink into the teachings that we have to offer you. Both of us have created so much success in this area. And I'm so excited to share this all with you. So Sarah or Saren, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us what you do. And I want you to share the whole entire, like the story, what we were talking about. I, I said before we started, we shouldn't record so many times because there was so much goodness that Saren was sharing with me. So tell me a little bit about you, what led you to this point and what made you become the emos- emotional wealth coach? <laughs> I love this so much. So I'm Saren Eads. I'm the emotional wealth coach. And I really chose to be the emotional wealth coach because as I was thinking about everything that I help people do, creating that time freedom, that like financial freedom, like their dream in real life, it comes through the process of emotional wealth. And I believe that if you don't create emotional wealth first, you don't even really want the other two results. And we see that all the time. Like how many millionaires are like, this is stressful. I've gotten into habits to get here that I hate having and I can't get out of it. And so creating emotional wealth along the way helps us create the dream that we want to live while we're building our dream. We get to have enoughness now while we're creating more. So we don't wish away so much of our life. And I remember so many times in my life where I was just wishing for feeling better or wishing for the next step or wishing for, um, I remember this one when I was waiting for my house and I was like, I'm going to live in Maryland for 12 months while I wait for my house to be finished. And I was like, I hate it so much, but I didn't want to wish away that part of my life. I didn't want to wish away that year. And so I started thinking of it as like the trip of a lifetime. And that changed my entire year. It became one of my favorite years of my life. And I think with emotional wealth, what happens is we stop wishing away and we get to be here now and enjoy all the depth of right now. And I can't think of a better, more potent and abundant way to live. Yes. Oh God. I think there's something so brilliant that happens when you shift into becoming present. Like that's when life really becomes rich and fulfilling and wealthy on a whole different level. So I want you to talk a little bit about when you went through the process of going through all of this, learning all of these tools, yeah. let's even take one step back further and re, re fast forward. I'm like, rewind, wait, hold on. We're fast forwarding fast forward <laughs> to the point where you were introduced to coaching, what was happening in your life. And let's talk about this journey. Cause this, where I really connected with you. And one of the things I really just had to have you on this podcast to talk about and related deeply with you was this part of your story. 
so good. So yeah, I was in probably the darkest, one of the darkest times of my life. One of my best friends had passed away in a devastating car accident at like 21 years old. It was after proposing to his girlfriend that night. Oh my God. Like the most tragic like story. And like one of my brothers, like he was a brother to me. And shortly after that, um, I got pregnant for 10 weeks and was so lit up on life for this baby. And we lost it while traveling. So I was like, on a different island like camping for 10 days and I got to watch like all these little miracles come and hold me as I was like grieving and struggling and I was like it was one of the like the hardest moments there in the ER in Hilo on the big island and also feeling so held at the same time by like the universe by God by like by my husband by my mom and after that, I thought, okay, I'm going to have some hormone fluctuations. So like anxiety is normal, depression's normal, hurt and aching and pain is normal. And then I started noticing that I had a timeline on my grief that like it could only be so long and I had to rebound after that or else I wouldn't be like a good functioning adult and live my life. And at around nine months post loss, I was the most anxious I've ever been. I was afraid to go to see my friends at the beach because I thought none of them liked me anymore I just like was everything felt so scary normal life felt so terrifying and I remember like in my bed like snuggled up um in my blanket and my husband being like hey can we go out like can we go do something and typically that's like my my vibe I'm so willing to go outside on the beaches of beautiful Hawaii and just like love on it and he I just remember him like begging me to come and I just like could not because I thought that there at any moment I would break down in public and be like miserable and people would see it and I was so scared of that emotion that I just like would avoid it at all costs and so I was like okay I'm desperately anxious I'm now driving to babysit (laughs) and before I was driving to babysit I was like I'm going to just Google search really quick some like self-help podcasts. And I found one from the Life Coach School and Brooke Castillo on that podcast is talking about it's not the things that happen to you that make you feel a certain way. It's your thoughts about that thing. And no joke, when I first heard that, I was like, nope, miscarriage, anxiety. I'm not even having thoughts. Like, that's crazy. But then I started thinking like, maybe if she's right I would have power over this feeling and that I could live my life and not have be like plagued by it and I remember listening to it a couple more times thinking like if there were thoughts in there what are they <laughs> and like kind of getting really explorative and like investigating and curious about it and I found a thought that like I was broken that something was utterly wrong with me and that feeling so fragile and so broken I had to be on constant scan for problems that could potentially hurt me in the future, including friends that maybe don't like me, but they all did. Like it was just, it wasn't true or real thinking. It was just trying to keep me safe. And once I realized that that core belief was causing the over analyzing of every problem, that any shoe that could possibly drop and hurt me at every level, I was like, Oh, if that's the thought that's impacting me, like that's changing the way I'm showing up. And that's creating the result where I'm living very anxiously. And when I recognized that I started asking like, is it true that I'm broken? And I was like, well, actually like 
I'm pretty resilient now. Like I went through something so hard and I'm still here today. Like I'm a human today, like existing in the world today. And that alone, I was like, that's resilience right there. And as I started believing that, that anxiety went to a normal human emotion that I would feel like on the top of a water slide or like, you know, when you're so like commonly feeling and not every day, not when you're going to the beach with friends. And I was like, that worked. That changed my life. That one thought of believing going from I'm broken to I'm resilient. And the best part about this experience is I remember thinking like, if I had to miscarry again, I would be devastated and miserable and so much ache and pain, but I would be okay. And when I realized that that would be safe, that I could do that, experience it again and be okay, that it would never break me now and it won't break me then. I felt so much safer to put myself in the position and expose myself to that kind of loss again. And I was able to get pregnant with my amazing, beautiful angel baby, a rainbow baby, like I lost my angel baby and she's my rainbow baby. And it completely changed my life from there. Yes. Oh God. I literally have full body chills as you were telling me this. And when we were talking before we hit record, it was so just as you shared the story, as I heard it the first time and now hearing it again, I just connect so deeply with everything that you said, because it's the same. And I also didn't know you lost your baby on a vacation camping. So did I, which is super oh crazy. Goodness. Yeah. No, very, all these very, connections. Yeah. It's so crazy. But I, I identify so deeply with that thought of I'm broken. I couldn't even do what my body was designed to do. I'm not good enough mm-hmm. as a woman, all of these horrible mm-hmm. thoughts. And I truly, as mm-hmm. I mentioned to you before we started, I look at that experience because as that was all going on, and I've shared this on the podcast before, losing my baby, feeling like I was losing my business, mm-hmm. feeling like I was losing my parents who were both you know, recently yeah. diagnosed with stage four cancer. I really believed that if I could get through this in my life, that I could get through anything. And I knew mm-hmm. that I could become my strongest self. I could turn this pain mm-hmm. into fuel. I could shift mm-hmm. my story from being the victim to the victor. I could mm-hmm. use this as seeing life wasn't happening to me. It was happening for me. What can I learn mm-hmm. from this? And I think Mm -hmm. that when you go through these challenges, when life pulls you down all the way to the bottom to where you are struggling to get back up to the surface and you think, oh God, like there's no way I could get through this. Then all of a sudden you start going through it and then you're getting through it. And then there's a point where you got through it. And then you start to look and you're like, wow, that was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. But oh my God, look who I've become. And when you learn how to transition and transmute all of that pain as fuel, and you learn how to become the woman who can do challenging things, and that's not going to spin her out. That is truly one of the most radical shifts you were ever experienced in your life. And that is why I'm so glad and grateful that you're sharing the story because it is such powerful inspiration for somebody right now who's sitting there at the lowest of the low in their pain mm-hmm. body, not understanding where to go next. And then seeing, mm-hmm. look at the beautiful life that you created. We both got our yeah. rainbow babies. We both have yeah. thriving businesses. We're both living lives of freedom and abundance. Like it doesn't get any better than this. And mm-hmm. this is why it is so valuable to do this work on yourself. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. And as you were saying that, I was just thinking about like the f- willingness to face the emotion, yes, the fear of the loss, the grief of the loss, like to f- face that made it so safe to experience a big emotion in my body that I could handle anything else that came. Yeah. And like that resiliency, that ability to like hold ourselves so securely to go through anything that life throws allows us to have so much higher risk tolerance and so much more willingness to dream big and to go after the thing and turn it into reality, the impossible into possible. Like that is the key to it is emotional resiliency. 
a hundred percent. And I think for so many of us as women, we are terrified to feel our feelings. And mm-hmm. I know that was an area where mm-hmm. I spent so many years of my life. I'm like, Nope, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I don't like these feeling things. But when I truly yeah. learned how to feel and realize that I'm not going to be one feeling forever mm-hmm. and that I am in a place where as a human, I'm designed mm-hmm. to feel scary things and challenging emotions. And now mm-hmm. I'm so willing to feel anything. And I think that as we were talking about before, when you get into that place of emotional wealth, there's nothing you are unwilling to do because you're just like, yeah, I can feel this. It might suck for a minute, but yeah, it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. So for somebody who's in a place right now where they are terrified to feel their feelings, where they're like, Mm -hmm. nope, I am not somebody who does that. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have for them? One of the things that I instantly started thinking about is we're designed to not want to feel our feelings. Our subconscious, our primitive brain that was wired for prehistoric times is designed to conserve energy. So feeling a big emotion feels like the most energy exertion you could ever have. Like, have you ever felt something so big and been exhausted by 6 p.m.? You're like, yeah. I need to go to bed. Yeah. Like, it's exhausting. Of course, your brain's going to resist that naturally. It's also designed to avoid all discomfort or pain. And there are some emotions like rejection and loss that ping the same pain sensors as physical pain in our brain. So our brain doesn't know whether you're getting stabbed or you're feeling an emotion. So of course it's going to like almost like demonize it and make it so like scary and like fearful to feel it and resist it so much. And then lastly, it's supposed to seek pleasure. So it's like, nope, I want to feel good. <laughs> like I'll just go. Usually it's a buffer. Like I'll just go scroll on Instagram and find all the funny reels that are like going to light me up for a moment. Or like, I'm going to go eat something that like yeah. feels really delicious and juicy in my body. And like, there's like this, this desire to seek pleasure instead of feeling it. So just naturally our brains are going to want to avoid it. So like you're normal, you have a human brain. Of course, you don't want to feel your feelings. And if you knew that this was the key to success, like how much more purposeful and valuable could you make feeling your feelings? And so I think the first step is changing our relationship with big, scary, hard emotions and seeing them as purposeful. That'll help with conserving energy as valuable. That will help with discomfort. When you think about working out, you're like, oh, that's going to hurt, but you're so willing to do it because you know, it's valuable to you. Same thing with this emotion. If we can add value to feeling an emotion, like if you knew your dream life was on the other side of feeling this feeling, that's worth it. That's valuable. So your brain will get likely more on board with that. The last thing is making it more fun. I love how you talked about how one of my superpowers is helping feelings feel aspirational and like rich and wealthy in your body and changing your relationship with them, that they're all coming to tell you something versus something that you have to fear. And what that helps do is it helps create pleasure or fun or like almost like a game. Like I'm being brave and that, that bravery to face it feels really incredible. And like, it helps you get past the subconscious fear and into very cognitively making a decision to feel a feeling. That's where I would say I would start is like, your brain's just not on board and that's okay. This is how we get it on board is adding the value, adding some purpose and adding the pleasure back into feeling the feelings. Yes, a hundred percent. And I think normalizing it is something that I try to talk so much about and bring so much attention to, because I really thought when I was going through this, before I discovered coaching, before I really dove into personal development, that I was the only person going through this. And I really Mm -hmm. felt like I was on this Island. Everyone else was having this great life experience. They all felt Mm -hmm. good enough. They were in on the secret that I didn't know about. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, we all have the same brain. Hold on. We we were all going through the same things. Hold on, hold on. And I want to shine the light there because truly when we think about the 
fear of feelings, right? You might fear failure. You might fear loss. You might fear something not going in your way. You might fear getting broken up with whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But I truly believe that there's no coincidences in life. I believe life has our back at the highest level. I believe that rejection is protection, that failure is just feedback. Mm -hmm. And when you can step into all of those things and you can just start seeing feelings as a normal part of the day, it's no big deal that a big feeling's coming. It's no big deal that a, you know, as I'm doing air quotes, but negative feeling, like I don't like using negative and positive feelings because I don't believe there's any negative feeling, you know, it's just, it's a feeling, Mm -hmm. it's a vibration in our body. Let's not demonize it. Let's not weaponize it and think that we're alone in this. We all go through this. And especially as women, we PMS and then feelings get real big. (laughs) Yes. So good. I actually have an example of this from yesterday. So it's like happening real time. And I built a beautiful relationship with so many different emotions where like grief shows me so much of what I love. Like, Like I know that it like has so much depth to it. And I'd rather experience that than like than not experience it. Like it's almost become something that makes me feel so alive and love grief. But there was an emotion recently, scarcity actually, Mm. that I was like, I can't feel scarcity. I'm going into another big million dollar, like I'm going into a million dollar year. Like I can't be around money scarcity or any scarcity from like anybody's opinions about why I couldn't do what I can do. And like, I was like really avoidant of and resisting scarcity. And I got coaching on it. And she was like, you've done this with other emotions. What about scarcity? Like what is scarcity's purpose? How could it be good and useful for you? Mm. And at first, like it literally took me about 10 minutes where I was like, it uh shows awareness. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like really resistant to it. So it's normal if you have like a resistance to an emotion, you'll find that you might get really comfortable with some and there's going to be other ones like humiliation or misunderstood mm-hmm. that might be um, pinging later on in your life, like as you've done it. So for me, it was currently scarcity, specifically around money. And I was like, we basically came to the conclusion that scarcity is just a fear of wanting. Yeah. And how many of us like have a fear of wanting? And I just think about everything I've ever wanted. It started with a fear. Like, could I have that? I don't know. Like, what if I can't? And that's a normal part of our human brain to go to. And it helped me just have so much more compassion and understanding for scarcity. Cause I'm like, it's coming from a place of, I want this so badly for you. Mm-hmm. And when I think that my brain wants it so badly for me, and it's like serving me this scarce or fearful thought to show me how much it desires it. It makes it so much easier for me to look at that, observe it and be like, welcome, let's hang out for a minute. And like, let's look at this. And I can promise you that we're safe enough to believe this other thought that I can make a million dollars in a year. Yes. I always think scarcity at the core is just the belief there's never going to be enough for you. And when you just see it like that, it's like, oh, there's always going to be enough for me. And you can step into that belief too, which is so fun. For me, the the feeling that was the hardest to overcome when I put myself out there in business was embarrassment. Mm -hmm. And that for me, it was like feeling stabbed in my gut. I'm like, oh no, I can't do it. And I would just sit there and like, if I was doing a live or something, my finger would shake and it would go to the phone. And I'm like, no, I'm going to say something stupid. I'm going to be embarrassed. Oh God. And that I would literally talk myself out of doing remarkable things all the time because I was unwilling to feel embarrassed. And that became, it was a year, a year I worked on feeling that one feeling and feeling feeling safe to feel embarrassed because it went to where, let's say like I fell down in public. Oh, I would have mm-hmm. a crisis about that for like months to come. I'd be like, all oh, those people saw mm-hmm. me. And it all came from when I worked at McDonald's, when I was in high school, my ex-boyfriend grabbed my hand and took me running out of Target. And I fell really bad in, in like the mm-hmm. doorway of Target. And then I had to go back to being the drive through girl. And everybody in the drive-thru was like, oh, we just saw you. We were at Target. We saw you fall. And I'm like, ah! 
like, you know, when you're a teenager, it's like social suicide when something like that (laughs) happens. And I just, at that point, it was an unwillingness from my teenage years to feel embarrassed. I hated any form of humiliation. I just was not about it. But now I'm like, whatever. I literally do not care, but I worked, I actively worked on that. So imagine right now, if you're afraid to feel a feeling, what if you dedicated weeks, months, a year to just feeling safe, to feel one feeling that could literally change your life. Oh my God. So good. I think back to, to like that time in my life, like the high school, college years, I was scared to dance. I was scared to do sports, like yes. anything athletic that would move my body. I would be scared of doing anything other than just standing and sitting because I didn't want to look stupid. Yep. I didn't want to yep. look bad at it. I actually pretended I threw up the morning of basketball tryouts <laughs> so that I didn't have to try out because yep. I knew I couldn't make varsity. I had a thought yep. I couldn't make varsity and I'd had, I would have had to yep. in order to to be on the team and I knew I couldn't because I'd played like you know one season of basketball and I the one time my dad came to a game I tripped on the court and the ball went rolling to the other team and they scored of course yep you know just like the classic right and so like I was so scared of the perception of others yeah and the humiliation and the embarrassment and that's still my work today is to like be seen and be like willing to be remarked on and willing to be remarkable it's like we have to be willing to do that and I think that's a lot of entrepreneurs or anybody who has a big dream and impossible goal this is going to be something that you pass through it just is like part of it right oh I love that okay so you mentioned something and I actually had this as a question for you about the mindset of the shoe is going to drop at any moment right so when we live in that mindset it's always that fear of like oh this is too good to be true at any given moment it's going to stop right so for someone who's living in that space where they have that Mm -hmm. fear of maybe okay it's it's good now but it's not going to be good forever Mm -hmm. or if I do this I'm going to fail or I I won't be able to Mm -hmm. keep it up whatever it is Mm -hmm. what would you say to them right now yeah Again, that's what your brain's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Keeping you safe. And keeping you safe. And I love just thinking about like, is it actually that safe though? Yeah. Like how miserable are you already feeling? Right. And so I think about like that shoe dropping energy. I just don't find that it serves me a lot in my creation process. Like I lose a lot of access to the blood flow to my creative brain, my prefrontal cortex. Like I stop having good ideas. I stop. I ask a bunch of questions to myself without ever answering them. So it's like, well, what if I fail? What if it's not good enough? What if nobody signs up for this? What if I never um, can get this launch? Like, what if, what if nobody wants me? Like all the thoughts, they never get answered, which means that we're just looping and looping and looping and our brain's trying. It's almost like, Hey, we're out of firewood. Let's go get some firewood. And like prehistoric times, but we live in a world where it's like, no, we don't need to just go get firewood. Like these thoughts actually aren't very helpful. And so I would check in and maybe some of them are, maybe some of them really need attention. Maybe some of them need um, like some healing around them. And maybe some of them can just melt right off because they were no, they were never serving you in the first place. And you just have to show your brain how safe it is to exist in. I love that. I always tell the women I coach, answer your what ifs. If there's a what if scenario that comes up, if you don't answer it, it's going to create fear, doubt, or insecurity. Would you rather have your answer and see it? (laughs) Or would you rather have the fear, doubt, and insecurity? It's one or the other, right? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you are the master at helping women create emotional wealth. So Mm -hmm. if you were to describe a living and emotionally wealthy life, what does that even Mm -hmm. look like? Oh gosh. I love this right now because with exposing myself to more loss because we're getting ready to have another baby. I've been having one of the most life giving weeks I've ever had 
because I've been feeling so much pain, so much trauma coming up from that first loss and just allowing it to exist and exist in my body. It helps me feel so alive and it's hard to describe if you've never felt it. So I invite you guys to sit in your body and look at what's happening, what's stirring, what's vibrating and just watch it happen and see how alive you feel. What you'll notice is that it'll get really intense for they say around 90 seconds and then it'll start to like move and work and like sometimes that'll dissipate sometimes that'll like show you something else like sometimes anxiety can mask another feeling you might find more sensation and so I've gotten so familiar with what sensations feel like in my body that I can be like oh that's panic that's high up in my throat or like that's pressure my whole chest feels collapsed in on or that's guilt and it's swirling in my gut like just knowing the difference of these feelings which also means that I wake up elated some days where I get to wake up and feel so rich and wealthy and like soak in the little joys of snuggling my daughter in the morning or like my husband wrapping his arms around me to kiss me on the neck and the belief that I can make a million dollars and like to have my coach be like yeah why not make next year your million dollar year and I'm like really like (laughs) I get to play and like exist in this world and I've seen I'll just explain it for my clients too like they go from feeling just like is this just what adulting is like? Is this just what like life is, is like as an adult, like, is it just this mundane? Is it just this routine? And it can feel like Groundhog Day for them. And they go from that type of lived experience to I feel alive. And I can't think of a better result than feeling alive in your current right now. Yes. because of how wealthy it is. If you think it's like a once in a lifetime, every day really is a once in a lifetime experience every week, every month. And if you get to live in that and create during that period of time, your ideal, most fairy tale life, you get to live the most fairy tale life to your desires, which I love helping people have a fairy tale life because we've been taught like, oh, fairy tales aren't real. Honeymoon phases end. Like, <laughs> Don't, don't believe in that. You're going to get false hope or like Disney gets a bad rap for like having fairy tales. And I'm like, well, what if we could though? Like my life feels like a fairy tale. It keeps becoming more of a fairy tale. And my process for that is believing my life's a fairy tale now while I create more of it. It's like a, a collection of thoughts and feelings that I love having right now while I create more of the thoughts and feelings that I want to have. And so like, everyone is capable of that. There's not anybody exempt from that. And that's what I love about a fairy tale life is you can't have it. (laughs) Like why not have it? Right. Right. Okay. So I have to summarize this. I was taking notes as you were saying this. So an emotionally wealthy life, if we look at a few fundamentals, this is so genius to play, to wake up elated or feeling elated and purposeful, Mm -hmm. to enjoy the little moments, to have massive belief in possibility, feeling Mm -hmm. alive in the right now and actually living your fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important that you said anybody can do this. I think for so many Mm -hmm. of us, it's like, oh, well, that wasn't my plan. That's not what anyone Mm -hmm. in my family's ever done. And we let these limiting beliefs keep us from living our fairy tale mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. if you're in that place right now, let both my experience in life mm-hmm. and Saren's experience in life inform possibility, steal mm-hmm. our belief in our results because we were able to yeah. create this. Like I had a dream of working in the beauty industry. I did that for almost two decades of my life. Mm-hmm. Then I had a dream of living a life of freedom. Now that is my reality every day. And I mm-hmm. wake up just like you. I'm like, oh my God, I get to go out and help people every day. Like, is this really my life? Pinch me. My whole life has been full of pinch me moments. And that is the same mm-hmm. thing that we hope and aspire for you to 
have to. <laughs> so good. I think like I see it as a spectrum. Like we can go from like emotional poverty yeah. or like emotional resistance. And then we start like waking up to the feelings, leaning into them more, allowing them more, letting go of that resistance. And we create emotional freedom yeah. and then emotional freedom leads into emotional wealth. Like it's yes. like that free feeling that you get to have. You create so much time and space. Now you get to go fill it with aliveness, with things that really fuel you in your day-to-day life. And that's going to look different for everybody. Like 100%. some of them, it might be making a million dollars. For other people, it might be adopting so many beautiful children into their home. And like some of it might be like fostering. It might be a nonprofit. It might be like, it might be your dream yeah. in reality. And like, that's how we do it is we go from emotional resistance to emotional freedom to emotional wealth. Yes. I think that's a really thing to pause on and help just offer a question to you all to think about if you were designing your own fairy tale, what would that look like right now? Mm -hmm. And I want you to Mm -hmm. notice if you are subscribing to someone else's fairy tale life for you, Mm -hmm. maybe it's something that you were handed in terms of childhood conditioning of, oh, you have Mm -hmm. to hit this metric. You have to make this money. You have to live in this zip code. You have to have these things. Is that really your fairy tale life? And if you were to just allow yourself to dream without limits and open your mind up and you were just Mm -hmm. sitting there writing your own Disney fairy tale, what would that look like right now for you? I think mm-hmm. knowing the answer to that question hands you back so much power in your life. So spending mm-hmm. a few minutes just journaling on that, closing your eyes and just seeing what images come to mind when you ask yourself that question can be the most valuable use of your time. So good. Cause that really is the first step is knowing what you want, visioning it. Yes. And so many of us think that if we make other people happy, that'll create happiness for us. But then we check all those boxes that other people want us to have. And I remember for me, I was like, I should go to grad school. (laughs) And I got into an amazing law and diplomacy degree at Tufts University. And it was going to be $200,000 for this program right at the start of 2020. And my husband was like, but are you going because you think you should? Are you going because you want to? Like, I've kind of heard you talk about being a life coach. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you think that's what you want to do? And I remember because I, at the time, I really thought like this was like a sign post miscarriage. Like, I was supposed to go to grad school because now I didn't have a baby. Like, this is where I was supposed to go. And I remember saying no to this opportunity. And COVID shut down the world two months later. I would have been $200,000 in debt in Boston (laughs) with no job (laughs) for either of us. And I wouldn't have had the experience that I want to have because I was thinking I should live a life like that. And I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, thank you for asking me if I really wanted that. Thank you for like helping me realize that wasn't my fairy tale because now we're living again in Hawaii in a gorgeous home with so much bliss, so much elation, so much joy, and so much aliveness in the hard and in the grief and in the suffering that we've also experienced with like people that we love passing away. And, um, just like the the bravery it takes to like live every day and I wouldn't trade that for anything I'm sure if I went to grad school I could have made that work Yes. Yeah, I'm so yeah. glad I did it. But, and I think you touched on something so good that I want you all to listen to is the word should that was in there. I should mm-hmm. do this, right? Anytime mm-hmm. there's should there, it's like, are you really living up to your yes. own standard for yourself? Or are you doing what you think other people want you to do? Like should to me is always a loaded indicator that there's some shame and judgment in there. So just always notice that. Now, so if somebody good. is in a place right now where they are not living an emotionally wealthy mm-hmm. life, like what are a few indicators that they're in that space right now? Mm. I think kind of what we're talking about, you're asking a lot of questions, but never answering them. You feel like an emotion is like, 
actually there's like two folds of this you might notice that you're running away like how you talked about being a track star yeah. like running, running from away my feelings. yep or yep. resisting one of the biggest things for me is I started numbing out like Same. I was like I was like, whoa, that should have made me really stoked, but it didn't. Yeah. Like, I'm like, something, let's just like pay attention to this. And I remember like, I had to lean in to the emotions that I was afraid of feeling. Yeah. And you might notice, you might be, again, a spectrum. You might notice that you're numbed out and need to really allow and change your relationship and welcome in some of the emotions that you've been avoiding because they will follow you. I love how you said too, like you went to 30 different countries trying to run away from them and they just catch up to you. They always like, found me. I really tried. Yeah. I tried so hard, but it was like, I joke and say it was like a garden gnome that I'd be in the most beautiful beach I've ever been in in my yes. life in Asia somewhere. And then all of a sudden here comes the garden gnome. It's like, remember when you got cheated on? And it was like, uh -huh. yeah. I'm like, no, I was trying to go to the other side of the world yeah. to forget about that. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And so that experience is like, if you're on that side of the spectrum, and numbing out I would really just like just notice that that might be like a a symptom to pay attention to the other like part of the spectrum is like you might be feeling some things but you're not seeing the results you want in your life yet yeah. so for example you might be at a place where you're like I'm doing all the things all the things right I'm doing quotations yep. <laughs> yeah and you're not seeing like a way out of that or past that and you've been in the same place for a while I would say check in on what are you afraid of usually the reason why we don't have what we want is one, we actually don't want it. And it's that should thing again, or two, there's a fear in there of wanting it. And so the fear check in on that, like what's keeping you from it. And then there's also going to be people who are like, I love thinking again of that spectrum. There's like a hate feeling won't feel, then there's like a resistance to feeling. And then there's like a, Ooh, okay. I might open up to this a little bit. And then there's a willingness to feel. And then there's like, oh, I'm opening myself up to this on purpose intentionally for growth. Like there's like a, I'm leaning into this full arms, fully embraced, fully ready for it. And when you get to that, you can kind of like work yourself through that spectrum of from resisting to full on, I'm embracing, I'm welcoming, I'm, I'm loving this emotion. Yeah. You get to like walk yourself through that. So you can kind of just like anywhere on that spectrum, you might be like, am I resisting it? Am I like, like a little bit willing to feel it. Ooh, I forgot another step. There's a willing to feel to make it go away. Mm, yes. Yeah. To that, just try to get rid of it. Right. Yeah. I got to resolve this. I don't want to feel this anymore. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Cause sometimes my clients and even myself will be like, I've been feeling it. And really it's like feeling this shame and this fear so that it will go away. So I can look really good on stage. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not actually feeling it. You have yeah. to be like, welcome and stay as long as you need come teach me what you're here to teach me and oftentimes it's coming to like like just like teach you something to say something and I've heard I think it's Joe Dis Dr. Joseph Dispenza that talks yeah. about like how our brain has the thoughts and that's how it communicates with us and our body has feelings and that's how it communicates with us so it's coming to tell us something usually it's saying you have a need that's not being met like let's check in on this like it's really giving us information and if we're able to be gentle observers of that really kind, compassionate observers of that emotion in our body. It brings back in our prefrontal cortex. So we have all of our brain helping us process it versus when we are running from it, it's just our primitive subconscious brain trying to handle it. And it can't do that on its own. It needs some of that like awareness and cognitive watching and like observing and gentleness to allow it to pass with that curiosity that we, we create from it.
Yes. Oh, I love that. Okay. So a lot of the women who listen to this podcast really struggle with the belief that they're good enough or that they're doing enough. And once again, that's where the scarcity comes in. And if I want you to kind of break Mm -hmm. down, if, if you were talking to somebody who was in that place where they just have subscribed to this belief of, you know what, I'm just not good enough. That's just, I'll never be Mm -hmm. good enough. And they're fighting all of these emotions. They're hiding from everything. Mm -hmm. They're just numb. They're Mm -hmm. checked out, but yet they know there's this whisper that says you're meant for more because I know every single woman I talk to who doesn't feel good enough. She has experienced that whisper. She knows the grass is greener over there, but there is something that is keeping her. And it's usually Mm -hmm. the belief she's not good enough. Right. But what Mm -hmm. would you say to her right now in this moment? Okay. So I love thinking about just the sentence. I'm not good enough. There's a couple of things that we can poke holes at that one says who, like who told you that? Yeah. Where did you learn that? Oh, is it society? Like, I love how you told about your makeup journey and you're in a room full of executive men talking about how can we make women feel insecure, feel not enough so that we can sell to them. Who says who is like step one. Yep. The other part of that is it's too blanket of a statement to ever be true, to ever be valid. Oh, that's so good. Yes. There, There might be like something really tiny in that. Like maybe you, um, have a skill that you want to develop. That's so different than I'm blanketly not enough. Right. And so saying you're blanketly not enough, you never get to find out where your little growth points are, because if you're not enough, you're creating this imaginary gap between you and your goal. So then it extends your timeline to your goal so much longer. Yeah. If you think about, yeah, go go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, if like thinking about like just an example of going to the gym, if you think I'm not enough to be in this room, to be in this gym, I'm too inadequate. You will never go. Yeah. So like your goals can't possibly happen because you're thinking there's this imaginary gap of being enough to walk into a gym and there's not, you're welcome yeah. as is. And I think that's a great example because that'll filter into your business. That'll filter into your creations that will filter into the fairy tale life as well. And so just knowing that like, it's too, it's too ambiguous to be true. Yes. That's so powerful. And when you put a heavy blanket, it's just that catch all of I'm not enough. (laughs) You will bury yourself in that blanket. And my favorite question to ask women when I'm coaching them who really struggle with this belief is how, so if you're not a good enough mom, how are you not a good enough mom and really investigating it. And usually the first thing they say is, well, I don't know. And it's an uninvestigated belief that you have about yourself Mm -hmm. that is literally impacting every single Mm -hmm. result that you're creating in your life. So for anybody who's in that space right now, I think that that is so good to just notice, like you said, if, if it is, I can't go to the gym because I'm not good enough. I know I used to definitely feel that way. And yesterday I was at the gym. I've just started this eating plan. I'm working out again, losing the rest of my baby weight. And I'm Mm -hmm. looking at who I was in 2015 when I did this the last time before my, Mm -hmm. before I got married and who I am now. And I remember being on the treadmill and just thinking like, oh God, everybody's probably looking at me. They're probably like, why is this girl here? And then I was just thinking, noticing that thought came up and I was like, oh, that's an old thought. And then all of a sudden I was like, but I'm here because I'm working on it. Like how beautiful is that? That's why we're all here. Oh my God. We're all here with the same goal to work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. And it instantly shattered this, like, I'm not good enough to be here mentality Mm -hmm. and just shifted me into, yeah, I have a space here. I belong here. I'm doing work Mm -hmm. on myself. This is incredible. Like me doing this is going to inspire somebody else to do this. Mm -hmm. So good. But if we're just sitting there, like not investigating these beliefs and not understanding where this belief was founded and why it's still within you, of course, that's just going to be your normal soundtrack that informs every single result you have in your life. Yeah. 
I love that. And another thought that I like to have is that everything that we're thinking is for a purpose. Like our brain is on our same team. It's trying to do something. And oftentimes if we're believing a thought that's not serving us, it's because our brain thinks it is. It thinks it's really helpful. It thinks that it's like a, like a common belief amongst a lot of people around us. And then therefore it must be true. And so I like to think too about good and like good enough comes from like what's on the other side of letting go of that belief that you're afraid of because if you were enough what would you have to do you'd have to be in the gym (laughs) yeah or whatever your gym is right like you'd have to do the back foot off the cliff like you would have to do that and that is emotional resilience the willingness to do the backflip off of the cliff because you know you will catch yourself you know you'll hit some water that'll be like a nice soft landing like it's the it's the willingness to put yourself and expose yourself to what's on the other side of that belief that you've been afraid of. So if we can make that more valuable, more purposeful and more pleasurable, like almost like you go girl, let's go feel that feeling. Like, let's go be there and be brave. You are so resilient already. What would that be like for you? Your brain might not have to dive into insufficiency or thinking I'm not enough as often. And I think about that for you and your gym, like you don't have to dive into that as often because you're not as afraid of what will happen on the other side of leaving that thought behind. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so good. Okay. I have two final questions for you. So let's talk about the example of purposeful and aligned action versus unaware action, because I know you talk a lot about our subconscious and intentional thought or unintentional thoughts. And I was just having this, this came up in real time with a client yesterday. And I was like, okay, I have to talk to Saren about this on the podcast. So what was happening is we obviously coach with the model, use the model too, in your coaching. Yeah. Okay. So our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings drive our actions, our actions create our results. So I was coaching my client and I was showing her that it doesn't matter what is in her thought and feeling line if because the actions that she's taking they weren't aligning with how she wanted to think and feel so she could take all yeah. the action in the world but if it wasn't really fueled by the proper thought feeling combination it didn't matter and she was yeah. like what she's like what that just broke my brain she's like oh my god yeah. and so I know I was reading a post from you where you were talking about how we have 60,000 thoughts today or every yeah. single day 95% of them are subconscious we know this as coaches mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for somebody who is in that place right now where they're just taking they're doing doing all the things, right? Mm-hmm. They're taking all the action. I know I used to be an A-line person mm-hmm. all just through and through. Yes. I'm like, I'm doing it, but nothing's working. Like, what would you talk to them about? Or mm-hmm. what advice would you give them to really start using feelings and emotional mm-hmm. wealth as a guide? Mm-hmm. That's so good. So my process was, I actually edited out all of those shoulds that we talked about. Yeah. Cause a lot of the time we think like, especially on Instagram, on social media, on growth in our businesses or like growth in creating an entrepreneurship, there are so many rules of what that should look like. Yeah. And when we get rid of all of those shoulds, like, should I be posting five times a day? Like, no, <laughs> you can. And there's people who do, who have created that for, or done that for years and still don't have the income or like the low maintenance business that they want to have. And so I have done a big edit and like gotten, especially I was on maternity leave when I was like really growing my business. Like I didn't have time to add in all these rules. I was like, let's get rid of those. And so like, I think that that was such a blessing in disguise to be like, I don't have the capacity to spend on this. So I won't. And now my husband's like, imagine if you actually spent like 30 hours of work a week. Like, what do you think you could do? I'm like, I think I'd waste a lot of time. Like I honestly think I would. Like I just like, don't think I would be very impactful there. And so when you go back to your action line and how to like increase the thoughts and the feelings behind it, 
one of the best things we can do is pay attention to what you do naturally. Mm. Like, what do you do connect naturally? Do you make friends naturally? Do you um, speak about the things you love? Like, what do you love talking about naturally? And the most potent work you will ever do is going to come from like those habits you've already formed of what you do naturally from your automated part of your brain, like your cerebellum. And so this part of your brain is like the part of your brain when you're driving home from work or anything that you're driving home from. And you just kind of are like, wow, how did I make it home? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just like, it's like when you go to walk and you don't have to think about every step you're taking. Yep, yep. It's like that you want that part of your brain activated in your dream habits that you want to have. And how we do that is by feeling those feelings mm-hmm. and choosing very intentionally thoughts that serve us. So sometimes thoughts that we have sound really nice. Like I had this thought that I'm like, oh, I wish I would sell out my mastermind. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I hope I can do it, which had me feeling really wishful. And then in my action line, it had me checking my email. Like, oh, did anybody sign up? <laughs> like, just like checking and like this kind of like wishful, like hoping, like come serve me energy versus me going out and serving them energy. Yeah. And it's not a bad thought, right? Like I love how you said there's not really good or bad. It's simply just like what serves us and what doesn't. And in this right. moment, I'm sure that thought served me in the past when I decided to start something like this mastermind, but it currently is no longer serving me because it's taking me out of the most potent thing I do, which is helping and serving and connecting with people. And so then I found a thought instead, and it's it's a no-brainer to do business this way. It is a mm-hmm. no-brainer to create freedom simultaneously with your creation and your dream. Like there's, I can't think of a better way <laughs> than creating an emotional wealth on the way there like I just there's nothing better and that helps me feel so activated and committed and it's an easy access thought like I thought it beforehand I'm just gonna leave behind the wishful energy and now I'm choosing like this really like certain and like in service and loving energy and then I have people popping in and coming to talk to me and like in my action line I was welcoming them and celebrating them and advocating for their dreams equal to their own advocation and like being like why not do it faster why not create this result and to have somebody say that to you for the first time makes a huge difference yeah creating a result where lots of people are coming into my mastermind and if I stayed in that wishful thinking again it sounded so nice oh I hope people come join me like I hope people like this like it sounds great and it just wasn't serving me and where I wanted to go and so that's what I would say too is like usually you'll have thoughts that sound great like I should make posts on Instagram or I should market this or I should get this out there and that for me creates a lot of pressure and when I'm in pressure I stop like I am full stop yep same (laughs) and then I'm like why am I not doing anything (laughs) yep curious about it right 100% I always say the only thing good that comes from pressure is diamonds Mm -mm. can't do it (laughs) so good (laughs) I love that okay last question I have for you so tell me why you feel embracing life's challenges are what are going to mm-hmm. embracing the challenges is going to be your vehicle to help you live mm-hmm. a rich and emotionally wealthy life. Yeah, so good. I think that embracing the hard parts is the best part of life. And if you think about it like in your own fairy tale, there's going to be hiccups and bumps and mountains to climb and that feeling when you like climb it and you're at the top and that view. I, I think that's why we're here living on purpose is to like do that journey for ourselves. And when you think about 
that it would not be fun without the hard if right. it was just like the same day every day I'm sure you've experienced that I'm sure the listeners have experienced that when it's the same every day we're kind of just like what's the point like if there's not purpose or value in it it can be so hard to live yeah. and so I think that the value of enjoying and embracing the hard makes us so unstoppable it makes it so we can do that impossible and make it possible. It makes it so we can have a f- true fairy tale when the rest of the world says that they're unrealistic or delusional. Yeah. And like, right? Like, it's like yep. insane, like how they've turned living your best life into something that's no not possible for people in so many ways. Like that the honeymoon phase will end or like enjoy the newborn phase while it lasts. Like how many times have we heard like these really common sayings that go against life-giving yeah I just reject all of those I'm like sorry I don't subscribe to that I'm gonna send that right back return to sender see you later yeah (laughs) yeah, I love that I'm like watch me have a honeymoon phase I'm about to celebrate five years married I'm like watch me in this five year I feel the same way I'm going on almost 10 and I'm like okay when does that honeymoon phase end and people are like you're just saying that I'm like no this is literally the reality but I called in my soulmate because this Mm -hmm. was my power of living the exact life that I wanted to live like I think making my Mm -hmm. goals my reality is one of the most satisfying parts of my life and I just don't see anything as impossible and I'm like that's why I live a limitless life is because I don't subscribe to impossibility I just don't yeah I love that word limitless because that's really what happens is you no longer have really like false and negative limits on you and you can create what you want to have because they were never true limits in the first place they were just conditioned yeah we can let those go and then like when you on purpose embrace the hard on purpose embrace the um, challenge it's like you get the best part of your story Yes. Oh God. If we could do a mic drop to end. Oh my God. Okay. So all you have to do to go just live your fairy tale life friends is just embrace the hard part. Cause that's the best part. Find your purpose and your value and feel your feelings because that is your path to your emotional wealth. Did I, did I miss anything? Mm-hmm. It's so good <laughs> to sum up and re-listen to this a couple times. <laughs> exactly. It can really be that easy, friends. Oh my God. Thank you yes. so much, Saren, for coming on and sharing your genius with us. Where can people find you and how can they work with you? The best place is to come find me on Instagram. I'm Saren Eid. So S-A-R-E-N-E-A-D-S. And come and talk to me. I want to hear about your dreams. I want to advocate for them. I want to be the person that's like, why not faster? Why not bigger? Why not? Like, and we can really find out what's in the way of believing that you're good enough. And on the other side of that, what you're really capable of. And I would just love to chat about it. So oh my fun. God. I love your energy. I'm so, so grateful that you came on and you all just truly received such a gift and just use our magnetic energy that we just offered you to inject yes. this in and fuse it into just believing yes. in the impossible because it truly is all possible once you believe that you can. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming on to me or on, on to me really coming on with me today. <laughs> We're so vibing. Exactly. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Oh my God. (laughs) We'll catch up with you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Oh, hey. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If this helps you, I would love for you to share the gift of confidence with a friend because this is how we all grow. So share this with your girls, a coworker, a fellow mama, or your fam on social media because we all need support in our confidence journey. So sharing can help us heal, feel better, and take steps to grow now. Also, I'd love if you would drop your rating in. Ratings and reviews help me so much more than you realize. And if you found yourself listening today and thinking, I need professional support, I 
I would love to invite you to join the CAN program where I will teach you how to take confident action now. If increased confidence is what you want, this is multiple months of dedicated you time where we will do the deep work on you to create your most confident self, both personally and professionally. Because once you know how to generate the feeling of confidence from the inside out, the possibilities become endless and your results become inevitable. This is the most valuable investment you will ever make in yourself. And I cannot wait to see who you become on the other side of doing this work on you. So visit me at soulmakeup.com to learn more or come be my bestie on Instagram. You can find me at your soul makeup. See you next time.